Welcome to the Brighter Wealth Podcast, where we help Christians become brighter stewards of God's wealth by aligning Christians' values with their finances. Join financial advisor David Sandu to learn how Christians are striving to be faithful stewards of God's wealth by making financial decisions based on the greatest commandment, love God and love people. Now here's your host, David Sandu. Welcome everyone. Today we're discussing biblically responsible investing, investing for the glory of God. My name is David Sandu, and I, uh, I'm a financial advisor, and at Brighter Wealth, we help Christians become brighter stewards of God's wealth. That's the uh, the call that I feel that God has put on my on my heart, uh, coming out of 1 Timothy 6, commanding us, and, and Paul commanding us to command those who are rich in this world to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, and to be willing to share. All right, so today's agenda we're going to be discussing God's heart on money, God's heart on finances, God's heart on wealth. And really that begins with stewardship. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit more in depth here in a second. Then we're going to discuss my change of heart. I want to share my story and, and how I got into the financial advising space. Then I want to discuss values, meaning what are, what are the things that we uh, what are what are the things that we as Christians um, value in this world, value for, for eternity? Then we're going to discuss how we implement that by investing with our values. And then we'll discuss the three dimensions of biblically responsible investing. And then finally, we'll talk about biblically responsible performance. And then finally, next steps. So really excited to get into the material today. What is God's heart on money? When I look at myself as a Christian, but then also what the Bible says on money, I kind of break down the God's heart on money into four different categories. The first being stewardship, the second being contentment, the third being faith, and the fourth being wisdom, right? So how I how I react to money, how I respond to money, uh, are, are the, these are the four lenses that I view them through. So stewardship, the first one is, do I believe that God really owns it all? Right in Psalms, uh, uh, David talks about that he owns everything, and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So that's the first uh, part of, of of God's heart on money. The second is contentment. Right? Do I believe that what I have right now is enough? And and, and again, in in uh, Philippians four, uh, we see the passage where we're looking at: um, Do I believe that what I have right now am I am I okay? with little or am I okay with much? And have I learned to be content in all of those areas? The third area is faith. Do I believe that I demonstrate my faith through my finances? This would be, um, this would be, this is actually a great point that we're going to discuss today, biblically responsible investing, but am I demonstrating who I am and what I believe in, in my faith through the way that I operate in my financial world? And then finally, wisdom. Right? Do I believe that God's wisdom on finances is true and it's available for me today? So I think that's another um, that's another uh, avenue that when we look at God's heart on money. But today we're going to be discussing that first one. So stewardship. So do I really believe in my heart of hearts that God owns it all? So when we talk about God's heart on, on money and specifically stewardship, and when we ask the question, do I believe that God owns it all? Then the question comes out, well, if, if I really believe God owns it all, then what am I going to do with the finances that he's given me? And I always tell people that stewardship is the only area of the Christian life that cannot be faked because the way that we spend our money is a measure of our real priorities. And Luke 16 really comes out and stands out to me 
And Jesus talks about if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly, worldly wealth, who can trust you with the true riches, right, in eternity? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? He goes on to say that no servant can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and you'll love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and then despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So when we talk about stewardship, that's the perspective that biblically responsible investing, really the heart of biblically responsible investing comes out of this heart of stewardship. Meaning, do I really believe that God owns it all? And because, and if I do believe that, if I really believe that God owns it all, how am I going to be a faithful steward in managing the worldly wealth that he has entrusted me to manage? Okay, so now I want to share a little bit about my story. So my story actually begins with Hobby Lobby, surprisingly. Uh, I didn't used to work for Hobby Lobby or anything. I, I, this is just where my story starts. So a little bit about me. So I, I am a financial advisor. I am a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I'm also a husband and a father. And uh, in, in the previous in a previous uh, decade uh, before, I was actually a, an engineer. I was a rocket scientist. I worked for uh, Lockheed Martin, SpaceX, Raytheon, some other space startups. I was an engineer, pretty happy and content being an engineer. Uh, I wasn't necessarily felt called to, to the financial advising space. But uh, really what happened is I heard that Hobby Lobby was going to the Supreme Court. This actually happened in 2014. Uh, Hobby Lobby went to the Supreme Court because they didn't want to offer uh, contraceptives and some abortion pills to their employees through their healthcare plan through Obamacare. Well, what came out of that is obviously a lot of news and a lot of people, you know, kind of wondering why Hobby Lobby is taking a stance on abortion. Uh, and this is obviously something near and dear, I believe, to God's heart, right? He, he wants to protect the sanctity of life. But what really, what actually developed in that story and what really sparked my interest in it was, was that uh, Hobby Lobby obviously didn't want to support abortion through the contraceptive, contraceptive and abortive fashions. But what, what came out of uh, all of that uh, in the news was that Hobby Lobby actually owned uh, those same companies, those abortion manufacturing drugs and pills, those, those companies in their stock uh, uh, their, their 401k plan. So they own those mutual funds and those and those uh, stocks in their 401k as a, in their retirement plan. And these are just some some of the um, some of the news articles that came out of it here from Forbes. Hobby Lobby invested in numerous abortion and contraception products while claiming religious objection. Uh, the Washington Post: Anti-abortion company Hobby Lobby reportedly invests retirement funds in abortion drugs. Uh, and then finally, the Associated Press and CNN talked about Hobby Lobby uh, investing in birth control or contraceptive type devices. And and you'll note here on the bottom here that the from the from the documents that were filed, it was actually about seventy three million dollars in mutual funds in invest with investments in companies that produce the emergency contraceptive pills, the IUDs, and then drugs commonly used in abortions. So. And, and please know that my heart is not to uh, uh, defame Hobby Lobby or anything, because I'm sure they did this unwillingly and, and didn't know about this in the same way that I in the same way that I had no idea. So when I heard this news, I really wasn't actually sure how to take it. I kind of initially I was kind of thinking, why does this matter? Right. Who cares? Why? why if they're trying to, you know, fight back on this on the Supreme Court side against, um, the, you know, these abortion uh, pills. What does it matter what they're invested in? But when I started thinking about it and when I really started kind of understanding, you know, what this actually means, can I can I say that life is important to me, but then also feel like I'm not necessarily protecting the sanctity of life or that I'm profiting off of 
those abortion pills and those abortion manufacturers in my 401k. So it really kind of brought this area to light for me. Again, I, I was an engineer for over a decade. I was, I was pretty happy and content doing that. But when I learned about this, when I learned about understanding, you know, kind of what do I say that my faith values are, but then how do I actually live them out in, in, uh, in my investments? It kind of, um, there was a dichotomy there. I had to really sit and think about, and it made me examine what was in my own portfolio. So I went through my portfolio and turns out I had the same companies invested uh, in my 401k and in my retirement plans and my IRAs that Hobby Lobby had, these same mutual funds that I was that they were invested in, I was invested in. So that really brought me kind of to my knees. I had to really stop and pray and say, God, what am I supposed to do with this? I, I really, um, I felt convicted because I didn't want to say that a life was important to me. And then at the same breath, uh, you know, be thankful that my investments, but my investments were making money and making me a profit because that's not what I wanted to profit off of. So when we think about our faith values, right, in every area of life, actually, we uh, we we have we all have values and we all use our values differently. So we use our values to decide how we live. We use our values to decide how we give, um, how we serve, right? We decide where we where we serve and go to church based on what's valued to us and based on what's important to us. And we also decide uh, how we vote, right, based on our values. So the question that I pose to you is that what about how we invest? Or have you thought about uh, the values that you're, you um, are saying that's important to you? Can, you? can you instill those values in the way that you invest? And, and again, this is really what I want to uh, mention. I, I came out of, right, the, the engineering space to pursue a career in biblically responsible investing because I, I felt called to help people understand biblically responsible investing, but also how to put how to put their faith values and their investments into alignment with God's word. And that's what this webinar is talking about. So are my values really reflected in the way that I invest? And if I say that the Bible and God is important to me, if I really believe that God owns it all and that I'm a steward of his wealth, Am I managing those resources in a way that is um, in, in, an, in an act of worship to him? And I think that's important that we clarify. So are my values reflected in my investments? Uh, there, there's, there's three different parts of what we call biblically responsible invest, investing or values-based investing. The first part is what we call avoid. And these are some of the, uh, you know, the areas where uh, maybe you might be invested in as well. Again, I, I, I was in the same conundrum. I was invested in the S&P 500, but I really hadn't taken a look into what was actually in my investment portfolio. And it was, it was kind of a shocker to me. I didn't realize that I was supporting and profiting from all of these different types of activities that didn't necessarily uh, align with my faith values and my biblical perspective and biblical worldview. Obviously, the biggest one for me was abortion and, and, and you know hurting God's heart on the matter of, of hurting other people. That's not something that, that I wanted to profit off of. But there's other areas, right? Some people might be, uh, some people might have stories about alcoholism or addictions in their family, and that might be a crucial issue for them. They may not necessarily wanna profit off of the addictions of others, whether it's gambling or alcohol or pornography or, or tobacco. Again, these are all, everyone has different issues that are important to them. But when we look at the investing from a biblical worldview, then the question is, if these are things that I, I don't want to be invested in, then what are the things? What does a biblical responsible investment um, portfolio look like? And I go back to the question, if I really believe that God owns it all, 
then what companies promote those biblical values that I would be proud to own? And when I think about biblical values, I think about the sanctity of life. I think about being, being having purity and holiness in the way that we conduct our lives. Traditional family values, the way that God defines them. Environmental stewardship, right? Taking, uh, taking stewardship of the way that we interact with the environment today. Having a, a religious freedom, being able to uh, speak the truth about what I believe God has put on my heart. Longevity, right? Am I, am I profiting from um, people that are having addictions or whether it's tobacco or alcohol, or am I looking to um, work, you know, invest with companies that are advancing longevity and helping people live longer, whether it's through medical care or other types of medical treatments. And then finally, financial stewardship. And there's a, there's a three-pronged approach there with financial stewardship, but mainly am I, are the companies that I'm investing in being good financial stewards, not only to their customers, but also to their employees and to their staff? Do they treat their employees and their staff well? Um, what, what is, that, is that a company that I would be proud to work at, right? So that's the financial stewardship aspect of it. So, and you can see at the bottom of the picture, but really does, does the faith values and the biblical convictions that I hold dear to my heart, are those in alignment with the portfolios and the investment accounts that I have in my, account, in my, uh, in my investments? So where does biblically responsible investing fit? Well, really, biblically responsible investing fits. It's at the cross section of your faith and your wealth. Again, like I mentioned, people vote with their values. People decide where to live with their values. Where we're looking at uh, biblically responsible investing is really the the combination of our faith, but then also our wealth. So that's where biblically responsible investing. Again, it's also called faith driven investing or values based investing. But that it answers the question: If God really owns it all, how would I invest His money? based on his views and what's important to God's heart. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the three dimensions of biblical investing. And I mentioned these before, but the first one I would say is a void, right? So what companies would I not feel proud to own, or maybe not necessarily uh, proud to own, maybe I wouldn't feel proud to work there because of the work that they're doing. So the question here is, does this company create, distribute, or promote things that are not pleasing to God's heart? either because they cause people addictions, they violate human life, or are hurting or harmful to family values, and really to biblical values. The second, the second piece here is embracing. So what companies would I feel proud to own? So does this company create, distribute, or promote things that truly serve society and that also promote human flourishing? And then finally, the last piece, engaging. How can I engage with companies to promote biblical values? And a lot of times this is through shareholder activism. So we develop relationships with management teams uh, and also through proxy voting, but then also through advocacy and dialogue with companies on those key issues. For example, we can go to companies and say, hey, we represent Christian investors, several billion dollars worth of investments in your firm. And we don't like we don't particularly like the way that you're operating in this way, being harmful to maybe society or not valuing the sanctity of life. And we, we would like there to be some changes. So we're using the power in, in, in our dollars, really voting with our dollars and putting our money where our morals are and actually going to that company and asking them to make changes. Um, so that's kind of the engagement that I'm talking about. So there's three different components, three dimensions, avoiding, embracing, and then finally engaging. Now, one of the common misconceptions that I hear a lot is that people are concerned that the performance 
of biblical investing uh, is not at, is not on par with their traditional investing. But there's all there's some been, been a few different studies. Uh, University of Oxford um, put out a study here in 2014 that said 80% of the studies suggested a positive relationship between good sustainability practices and stock performance. And 88% indicated that the firm's performance was improved by using environmental, social, and governance practices. Again, Morningstar here did a study in 2016, and they said that sustainable investing or this kind of responsible investing approach suggests no performance penalty. So I think that's important for people to understand that there's not necessarily a penalty to invest according to your values. And then finally, Biola University did a study, and they found that the results of the study found that biblical investing methodology of security selection resulted in an annualized outperformance compared to the non-screen benchmark. So it's almost as if, you know, doing what's right for the customer and the consumer and the shareholder and, and according to biblical values was good for business. And I believe it is. I really believe that there is, there can be good returns and good values implemented in a business to promote biblical values, but then also promote uh, potentially outperformance compared to their non-screen counterparts. So going back to what does the Bible teach on investing? Uh, the first one here, Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And really that's where we get the avoid, uh, the first dimension, the avoid. So we don't want to be a part of anything that would be displeasing to the heart of God in our investment accounts. And then if 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So here's where I'll ask again, if, if God, if I really believe that God owns it all, can I invest to the glory of God? And we believe you can. Proverbs 15, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. So we don't want, um, we don't want to necessarily hurt. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to gain because of, of uh, hurt. Sense We don't want to um, uh, have unrighteousness in our portfolios uh, and trading that off with great revenues. Another one here is his master. This is Matthew 25. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you ruler over much. And again, the, the scripture from Luke 16 talks about, you know, uh, can I be faithful with a little? If, God, if I can't be trusted with the worldly wealth that God has entrusted me, with me, how can I be faithful with the eternal wealth, the true riches that God's given us? So if you are uh, interested in learning more uh, about biblical stewardship and biblically responsible investing, again, I'll, I'll go back to that question because this is the question that really convicted me. Do I really believe that God owns it all? So the, the, basically there's three different steps in understanding kind of what you're invested in and a biblical approach to investing. Step one is understanding what you own in your investment and retirement accounts. We do this for free for everybody this is something that was done for me, and, and I really appreciate it. It helped me to just see what I was invested in. Uh, there's no condemnation or no obligation. It's just uh, just an opportunity for you to see what are the alternatives to that stock or mutual fund. So we want to we want to give people opportunities to find something that they could be proud to own. And then finally, stepping uh, step three is implementing that biblically responsible investing. Uh, portfolio for God's glory. So this is where we'd actually implement the BRI stocks, the mutual funds, the ETFs into your investment accounts. If you're interested in learning more, you're welcome to go to our site. It's just brighterwealth.net uh, and you can request a call. You can schedule a call and uh, that, that'll be with me uh, or someone from my team. We'll discuss, you know, biblically responsible investing. We can talk more about some of the ideas that we talked about today, but I really just want to encourage you. If you have uh, convictions, biblical convictions like 
like I have, and you want to learn more about what God says on money and specifically his heart on what biblical investing could be uh, and what it could look like in your in your portfolio, you know, reach out. I think this is an important and critical issue that people um, that people want to learn more about. I think especially as it's gaining media attention that you can that you can really make an impact for God's glory. To learn more about becoming a more faithful steward of God's wealth, visit brighterwealth.net. All opinions expressed on the podcast, including the team and guests, are solely their own. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered specific tax, legal, or financial advice for any individual or organization.